Thank you, choir. Mr. Director. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> I need to make give a little explanation for my um, spenders today. They're in honor and memory of a friend of mine who passed away this week, Ed Williams. Funeral was yesterday. The flowers are from the funeral, and Ed always wore suspenders. This is for him. God bless you, Mike. Mike's dad. Now, I have a belt on, too. I don't know if I'm just making sure or if it's lack of faith. I don't, I don't know which. <clears throat> I miss Ed today. He's in, usually in, was in the first service. He'd sit right about fourth, fifth aisle there. And every morning, every time after the message, when I'd come down, he'd come by and he'd hug me. He'd say, great message, Pastor. <laughs> Who's going to take his place? I'm just curious. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't bless his heart. Well, this morning <clears throat> is our... Fourth Sunday of Easter. You'll remember we decided to celebrate Easter between Easter and Pentecost. Each Sunday, continue the celebration. This is called, in some churches, Eastertide. The time between Easter and Pentecost. The continuing celebration. We continue to celebrate what, for many of us, thrilled us on Easter Sunday morning. Jesus is alive. It's thrilling. See, He was dead. You know, He, he was dead. I mean, he was as dead as anybody's ever been dead. Stone cold, three days in the grave, dead. All was lost. His followers were scattered. They were behind closed doors in fear, saying, Woe are we! And as they were woeing me, as they were, whatever that is, on a bright, sunny, normal Sunday morning, Something, anything but normal happened. A miracle and more happened. Jesus Christ, who was crucified, dead, and buried, rose from the dead and came back to life. You see, it was all true. He was who He says he was, said He was. He was who they thought He was. Jesus was alive. The Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ was alive. All through that community, all through that community, shouts rang out through that triumphantly shocked community of Christ followers. They were saying in unison, He is risen! He is risen! He is risen! You see, the, 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 the amazing thing was that He was dead! And now he's alive. A miracle. Acts chapter 1, it tells us that for many days, 40 days following the resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples giving many convincing proofs. Giving many convincing proofs that he was alive. Is it any wonder that their celebration just kept on going? Is it any wonder that they stayed excited and encouraged and thankful and amazed that Jesus was alive and appearing at a house church near them. <laughs> it's all true. As we continue to celebrate, we have to understand that the reality of the resurrection was thick among them. Not so much us. But for them, the reality, the understanding of the resurrection was thick. Thick. 
It defined their lives for the rest of their lives. It defined who they were. And it should do the same for us. After all, same thing's true today. Jesus is alive. The transforming power of the resurrection should be making, I say, should be making a consistent difference in your life and mine, not just on Easter, not just between Easter and Pentecost, but every single day for the rest of our lives, it should make a difference. After all, can I say it again? Jesus is alive. Brothers and sisters, that, whether you know it or not, is why we're here. Because it's true. It, it, it happened. Jesus is alive. What we believe, who we follow, is for real. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, <clears throat> I want to know that Jesus. I want to know the power. I want to live in. I want to experience the power of the resurrection. And so do I. How about you? You see, when we, when we know it, when we live in it, Listen now, it changes everything. It did for them. Why not us? It changes everything. I know, I know, there are some folks here today, probably, wouldn't surprise me, that just aren't quite convinced yet. Never, they never saw Jesus. He never appeared to them, gave them many convincing proofs. They just heard it in Sunday school, Bible school, Easter Sunday. Jesus is alive. Oh, hum. I know that there are people that just aren't quite convinced that the resurrection, the power of the resurrection can change everything. To them, it's all hype, they say. It's all religious jargon, they say. Pastor Chuck, it's all preacher speak. Maybe they say that or they are in that situation because for them, they have been disappointed so many times with the church or church people or religion. It just hasn't worked for them. Maybe it's not their fault. Maybe it is. It just hasn't worked for them. They, they fail to see any difference that the resurrection makes at all. You see, Pastor Chuck, I know churchgoers and non-churchgoers, and for me, I mean, non-churchgoers even treat me better. What's the difference? Who gives a rip about the resurrection? doesn't make any difference in my life. It's never really touched me, so, so where do we go from here? What do we do? Well, today, as we continue our celebration that Jesus is alive, as we continue that, Let's just, let's just sit right here for a minute, Matthew chapter 18. Let's just talk for a few minutes about Matthew chapter 18. Long before the resurrection, <clears throat> the disciples and Jesus were walking. You know, they walked everywhere, and they're out walking, and as they walked, they talked. This morning, the disciples, as they're walking along, said to Jesus, asked Jesus this question, Jesus... Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus glanced around and saw a small child and said, Unless you become like one of these, 
you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Come here, Allie. Can you come here a minute? This is my friend Allie. Hi there. You look beautiful today. Nothing new for her. How are you? You are so cute. Did you know you're cute? Yeah, I thought you did. I thought you did. You are one good girl. You know that? Jesus said, unless you become like one of these, you're not going to make it. I'm talking. I'm talking to all of you. Jesus is talking to every one of you. Unless you become like one of these, you're not going to make it. Now, Allie, how old are you? One, two, three? Three years old. Do you know who I am? Pastor Chuck. That's right. That's right. Do you know, Allie, that Jesus loves you? Who told you that? Who told you that Jesus loves you? Mama. Mama. Good for you, Mama. Jesus loves you. Let's, let's just sing it with Allie, okay? Jesus loves me, this I know. Do you know that song? For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Can you sing it with me? Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Can I have a hug? Oh. Is it any wonder why Jesus picked these folks? Unless you and I become like Allie. We're not going to make it. Can you find mommy? You find her back there. You know, I, I was thinking about that this week, and I thought, why didn't Jesus say, unless you become like a teenager, you're not going to enter the kingdom? <laughs> Hello? What was that all about? I mean, nothing personal. Don't mean anything by it. I was one once, believe it or not. But maybe it's because they know everything. Maybe it's because you can't tell them anything. Maybe it's because their parents are old-fashioned and their parents say, you know, daughter, because I've got two, daughter, be careful who you date. Because you see, daughter, as a follower of Christ, it's important to me that you marry another follower of Christ. You see, because I say to my daughters, I've had far too many of them sit in my office and say, I wish I'd have listened, Pastor. So, you see, I've been around the block a few times, daughters. Listen to me. Do you think that teenagers want to listen to God, let alone some old-fashioned parents? That's why Jesus didn't say, unless you become like teenagers. But how about this? Why didn't Jesus say, unless... You become like young adults. 
You aren't going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, I think I, I have an idea because you see young adults, they're all about the pursuit of happiness. They're all about their place, a lot of them. Their, their place in society. They're finding their niche. They're trying to get the right job. They're trying to get the right this and that. They're distracted by our world and the things of this world, the, the, the pursuits of this world. They're too busy for God. God didn't pick them. Why didn't God say, unless you become like middle-aged folks? I mean, that's me. Why wouldn't you pick me, Jesus? I'm a good guy. Well, maybe it has something to do with the fact that, that middle-aged folks are often set in their ways. This is who I am. I'm not changing. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. I'm staying right like this. Might not be the best life that I'm having, but it's, it's comfortable. It's me. It's who I am. And I'm not changing for anybody. Now, what amazed me, probably more than anything, is that Jesus didn't say, unless you become like seasoned citizens, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, come on, Jesus, seasoned citizens? I mean, why couldn't you add them to the answer, who is the greatest in the kingdom? Little children and seasoned citizens. Jesus didn't say that. Why? Well, maybe because might have a little bit to do with they fought the fight. They've kept the faith. They're, they're, they're done. I mean, they're, they're, they've done their thing. They've passed the torch. They're sitting on the sideline till Jesus comes. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But did you hear what Jesus said? Here's what Jesus meant. Unless you become like Ali, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What is it about children? Why would Jesus single out children in answer to their question, who is the greatest in the kingdom? Or who really gets it, Jesus? Little children, he said. Why? Anybody know? Why did he say little children? Anybody? Trusting? They haven't been tainted yet? Okay. Innocent? Humble? Somebody say humble. Okay, let's stand. That's my message. I mean, you were right on the money. Right on the money. See, little children. Jesus said, unless you become... He's talking to adults. <laughs> So unless you become like little children, why would he say that? He said that because children know how to trust, don't they? That's why, that's why parents sit children down when they're little and say, don't speak to strangers. And then a week later, they bring them back in and they say, don't go anywhere with strangers. Why? Because children are so trusting. Why does it, what does it hit you in the gut every time you hear about a child that's been abused and killed? Or so? Because they, you know they're so innocent. They're so trusting. Jesus said, unless you trust my Father like they trust, you're not going to make it. You see, in the kingdom of God, if we don't unconditionally trust God, we're sunk. 
In the kingdom of God, if we aren't people who completely trust God, no exceptions, little children. If we aren't people who completely trust God, when we don't even see the end of what we're going through, when we're in the middle of what seems to be impossible, when it's gone on too long and this heavy burden is weighing on us, unless even then, if we don't completely trust God, we're toast. You see, there's all kinds of verses in the Bible that help folks like that, that are going through some, some deep stuff, some, some really heavy things. There's all kinds of verses in there. But when you're in the middle of trouble and you don't trust God, none of those verses mean anything to you. You see here, you've hamstrung yourself spiritually. Verses like Psalm 55, verse 22, it's in there. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast all your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. You see, if you're not trusting God in the midst of your stuff, who cares about that verse? I don't think it works anyway. Unless you become like little children who unconditionally trust. One of them. One of those. You know, when I was, when I had two little girls, they would be on steps and, and they'd go up a number of steps and they'd jump on me. Didn't even give it another thought. They'd jump, girls. Especially Kara. They just jumped on me. And then another step up and another step up. And pretty soon, they're pretty far up there. No problem. They just jumped on me. Why? They trusted me. Jesus said, if you don't trust like that, adults, teenagers, you're not going to make it. Because that's what it's all about. Unconditional trust. Even when life slaps you in the face and knocks you down. Unconditional trust. That's why Romans 8.28 works. For God, or, um, God, anybody know what Romans 8.28 is? All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. All things work for good. But God, I'm going through this deep stuff. I just, I, I've just been burdened. All things work together for good. I trust God unconditionally. That's how it works. You know what else amazes me about little kids? Their faith. They seem to have strong, unwavering faith. I had a call years ago. We were in Moscow. It was Carla's brother from Idaho. He said, your nephew was out partying hard, was in a car with his friend, driving way too fast, missed a curve, ran into a fence. The fence post came into the car, took off a third of his head. Just... Snapped it off. Brains everywhere, all this kind of stuff. He was calling to tell us that this young man was not going to live. No way. Couldn't happen. So Carl and I, we sit down and we talk. What, should we tell our girls? Should we, they're little, little. Should we tell them? So we said, yeah, we've we, we got to tell them. We've got to tell them what's going on with their cousin. 
So we get them around, get them on the couch, and, and Carla starts telling them, you know, we got a call from Uncle Todd, and, and your cousin is, he's not going to live. He said it was in a wreck, and they started crying. I mean, they're pretty close to this cousin, as close as they could be, being, gone, being away for so long. And, and Christy, little Christy, little girl, little kids, unless you become like one of those, you're not going to make it. She said, he, he can't die. Is, Mommy, is, is he a Christian? And, and Carla said, I, I don't think so. I don't think he is. Well, he can't die until he accepts Christ. And so she prayed this little, this little innocent, trusting, strong faith little girl prayed, Lord, Jesus, please don't let my cousin die until he finds Jesus. And Carla and I are sitting there going, he's going to die. I mean, his head, it's, it's just... After months of hospital stuff, in and out, up and down, he's going to live, he's going to die, he's going to live, he's going to die. After all of that, he left the hospital. Now, he's a brain-injured person. He's not the same as he was before. But some months after he left the hospital, he was at church. Christy's still praying for him, you see. And he went forward and accepted Christ as his personal Savior. They baptized him into the Christian faith. You see, two adults were thinking, how are we going to get ready to go from Moscow to Idaho for a funeral? And this little girl, this little child is saying, he can't die. No, he can't die until he finds Christ. Strong faith. Strong faith. Jesus said, to every single one of you, us, this morning, unless you become like them, unless you become like Allie, you're not going to make it. So, teenagers, young adults, middle-aged folks, seasoned citizens, since Jesus didn't use any of us as examples, what do we do? Let's read the scripture. Matthew 18, 18, verses 1 through 6. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself... Like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a little child like this, in my name, welcomes me. But if anyone, this is how important little children are to Jesus. If anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. So what do we do? Those of us that are adults, young people, all of us, that we have baggage. We've been gathering baggage for a lifetime. And we know our limitations. We know that there's only certain, only, only so far we can go. And, and we get stuck in that. And something comes along that we need to have large faith and we just can't get there. And Jesus said, listen, back up, back up. 
You were born trusting. You were born that way. So you need to get back to that. Jesus said, this is what we need to do. He said in verse 2, unless you change and become like little children. So what we need to do this morning, brothers and sisters, and each day for the rest of our lives, is to change. That's where resurrection power comes in. That's where the celebration that we continue through these weeks is appropriate. You see, God sent His Son into this world to save us and change us. God knew that we had all this sinful baggage on us. He knew that we were, many of us, walking down the wrong path. He knew that we were emphasizing the wrong things in our lives. So He sent His Son for you and for me to receive Him, to accept Him, to invite Him into our lives, to change us. Back to what God originally intended us to be in the first place. People after His own heart. So unless you change and become like little children, you aren't going to make it. Verse 4 says, Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Humble ourselves. Not much changing going on in your life and mine unless we're humble. Unless we come to the place where we understand, it's, this is me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, O oh Lord. And we humble ourselves and quit playing games and just fall on our faces before the Lord and say, Lord, here am I. This is who I am. Would you change me? I humble myself before you. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. That's when God shows up. Humble folks are the greatest in the kingdom. It's a realization that I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the, I don't have all the answers to this. I realize that. Lord, change me. And then in verse 5, Jesus said, Whoever welcomes a little child, whoever welcomes a little child in my name, welcomes me. Jesus loved to hang out with little children. He would say, those are my people. They get it. Welcome little children. Watch them. Learn from them. Care for them. Protect them. And Carla and I learned something that night when Christy prayed. We weren't praying that. We learned something. Pastor Chuck, all well and good, good, good. But I still don't see the proof, or a lot of proof, that the resurrection makes much difference in anybody's life. And maybe that's true. Shame on us. Because after all, Jesus is alive! It should mean something. It does mean something. Unless we change. Here's my answer. Unless we change. 
Status quo, not going to do it. Unless we change and become like little children. We're never going to get it. You know, this week, it's been more this week than, than other weeks. Maybe it's partly because of your dad's funeral, Mike, a friend of mine. That I love that guy. But there were other things. I, I talked to people through the week more than normal about stuff that's happening in their lives. They're just burdened. Some people are going through, sitting here, sitting in the first service, they're just going through some things that they just can't hardly stand it anymore. And, and, you know, after talking to them and listening to their crisis, you know, on my face before God, I prayed for you. And I said, Lord, will you give them victory? Will you give them peace? Will you help them know that there is victory in Jesus? Will you help them know that there is something to this that we call the Christian life, the, the Christ-following life? It works. And you know, maybe it's because I was preparing all this, but the thought that came to my mind as I was praying was this. Unless you change... And become like Allie. You're not going to get it. not going to work. And you're going to remain defeated. This morning, we're going to come and bow before the Lord. Those that want to, we're going to pray here at the end of our service. In the first service, so Meredith Knott, we had her come down here and we anointed her. Also went back and prayed for D. Shebig, who's having some suffering, physical sufferings. Many people came, and one of those people I was telling you about that has this heavy crisis came and knelt here and poured her heart out to the Lord. See, unless you change, think about that, unless you change, you're not going to get it. Why not this morning? Teenagers, young adults, middle-aged folks, Seasoned citizens, unless we all become like Allie, we're not going to get it. As we pray, if you have a reason to come and pour your heart out to God, come at this time.